your Division II champions, Grand Valley State. It's the Ankara Podcast, presented by the Grand Valley Sports Network. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Ankara Podcast to you by Metro Health, the official sports medicine provider of GVSU Athletics. Your health, our passion. Today is Thursday, April 1st. It's April Fool's Day here on the Anchor Up Podcast. We're going to be straight with you, though, and talk to you about a busy week in Laker Athletics. Jake Levy, Tim Knott here with you. And, Tim, I'm going to start us off today with the Coors Light stat of the week because I think it pretty much well sums up what's gone on in the last seven days or so in GVSU Laker Athletics. Your stat of the week, 11 different Lakers have earned GLIAC weekly honors this week. That's a pretty incredible number if you ask me. 11 different individual performers worthy of GLIAC athletes of the week across various different sports. Lakers swept three different sports as well. Really a tremendous performance by Grand Valley across the board this last week. Yeah, and that, that's a single-week record that we came up with uh, in the GLIAC honors. Uh, yeah until somebody disputes it, which they can dispute it all they want, but we'll just continue to say it's a single-week record Until somebody can show us the numbers, we're going to say that 11 is the all-time record in GLIAC history for most players of the week. I guess we own the GLIAC Player of the Week honors, don't we? They should rename it the Tim Knott Athlete of the Week. That'd be all right. (laughs) That'd be all right. But we own that. But the 11 different Lakers earn GLIAC weekly honors. That'll lead us nicely into our weekly recap, which is brought to you by the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan, here for you now more than ever. Confidence comes with every card. And I don't even know where to start. So many great performances for the Lakers this week. But let's start with a team that got off to an incredible start in GLIAC play. The GVSU softball team went 6-0 and in GLIAC opening weekend. They then split with Wayne State. On Tuesday afternoon, the Lakers are 7-1 and one in conference play. A really outstanding start for them. Hannah Biotis was named the GLIAC Pitcher of the Week. Nicoma Holman named the GLIAC Player of the Week. Biotis also got a win on Tuesday. She's 4-0 and oh in GLIAC play. And Biotis, who's really a sophomore, even though she's the uh, GVSU SAC president, she probably could be a senior in regular schooling by now if she wanted to with all the different trials and tribulations that have gone on in the last few years. But she's uh, she's starting to take ownership of that ace role and really starting to prove that she can be the workhorse for the Lakers in the circle. And she got it done four times in the last seven days to help the Lakers off to a really good 7-1 and one start in conference play. Well, yeah, and, and she really, you're exactly right, she's taking that role as the ace of, of the staff uh, to heart. And she's done an outstanding job throwing that first game. And I'll be curious to see the rest of the year, and, and we've seen this in the past, well, league opponents, um, they did it uh, – uh, with Allison Lepofsky, mm-hmm. where they would throw off. It's like, okay, we're not going to beat her. Okay, so let's just take our ace, throw our number two, you know, against the Lakers, uh, number two or three pitcher, and uh, try to get a split. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see if that if that happens here as we move forward, you know, in league play. But uh, Hannah's really taking on that role. And it's a deep pitching staff, and they have a lot of different options uh, to go to. You can almost go situational softball, which a lot of uh, schools have done. Uh, I, I know at the Division One ranks where they have righties and lefties, and they're going matchups because it's unlimited uh, substitutions. You can you can literally go back and forth. Um, so, uh, but the Lakers have a lot of options there uh, on on the pitching staff, and it's nice to have those options because you have a lot of options offensively as 
offensively as well. Yeah, I really like the way the lineup is shaking out for head coach Dana Callahan. You know, the top of the order is so experienced. Joanna Serencioni at the leadoff spot. She's got the speed and the wherewithal at the top of the lineup. Then Taylor Rieger, of course, along, along with Lydia Goble and Nicoma Holman, have been the mainstays in the heart of that order. Brooke Henning, a terrific five-hole hitter as well. Then you look at the back half of the lineup. I mean, Hannah Hollister has been a really impressive freshman, as has Megan Kenigshoff in the nine-hole. Bailey Thatcher really holding her own in that seven-eight spot. And then whether it's Morgan Wagner or Paige Lagaki doing the catching, they've done a really nice job of rounding out the lineup and getting some key hits. Paige had some big hits in game Game two against Ferris State last Saturday to help the Lakers pull away and get that sweep over the Bulldogs. So a really, really good lineup, one through nine. There's also some other players that can come off the bench and do some really nice things as well. Caitlin Lynch has been that go-to pinch runner. Emma Loveland as well. The Lakers have a lot of different options there, and they also have some options defensively as well. We saw on Tuesday Joanna getting the designated player role, seeing some more of Hannah Hollister in the field. But they have three really good players that can rotate in those corner outfield spots. The infield's pretty much locked down, and uh, they've got some really good talent at every single spot and one through nine can beat you uh we're going to get into you know more of this recap in a second but my great moment of the week and not to jump around here but you know hannah hollister in that game against ferris in game two after nicoma holman hit a ridiculous by the way opposite field home run to tie the game at two apiece hannah hollister bunts her way on with a single steals second base advances to third on a ground out then scores on a ground ball that i don't even think got out of the catcher's box into fair territory by a fraction and is able to score without a ball leaving the infield. It's that kind of blend of power and speed that this Laker lineup has that they can beat you in a whole bunch of ways, and they're really exciting to watch. Well, you, and, and you need that. You need to generate runs in softball. There's going to be times where you're just not hitting the pitcher, and, it's, and, and softball is such a different game than baseball. It's played with a round ball, but they are two completely different games. And uh, softball, you need to generate those runs, where if you get – so someone on first, you're going to sacrifice them over and hope for that single. And it's still it's tough to score from second on a single to the outfield. Yeah, it is because the field's so small, everything's so condensed and quick. But the Lakers have the speed blended nicely with that power. As we mentioned, Nakoma Holman, who was the GLIAC player of the year, had a couple of home runs last week. She had six RBIs on the weekend, hit 500 across those six games. And we saw that veteran leadership come up big in that doubleheader against Northwood as well. On the road, windy, cold conditions, first road trip of the GLIAC season, tied at 4-4 in the seventh, and Lydia Goble and Nakoma Holman come through with back-to-back -back hits to put the Lakers up 6-4, and that's what they wind up winning that game by. And then the next game, in the 10th inning, they're able to get the separation to win 6-4 uh, as well. Hannah Hollister scoring on a wild pitch for what would be the winning run. So the Lakers able to get it done against some quality GLIAC opponents as well. And then Wayne State, who plays really solid, veteran coach of 45 years on the other side. They're, they're always going to be good. And Lakers split with them, you know, with that game too. Sometimes it happens. You, yeah. you know, baseball and softball are two very different games, but they're similar in the sense that sometimes the line drives fine gloves. You yeah. just can't, you feel like you hit the ball really well, just didn't get the holes you needed. Some breaks didn't go your way, and that's what happened in game two for the Lakers. They fell for nothing for their first loss in GLIAC play. But hey, you know what? Seven and one ain't so bad no. after eight games in the conference. So really nice start for them. Then on the baseball diamond, Tim, the uh, Lakers go on the road to Purdue Northwest, and they pull out a sweep as well. Yeah, pull out a sweep. Uh, four convincing victories over. Purdue Northwest team that came in six and three. It was the opening weekend of GLIAC play for the Lakers. And I'll tell you what, Carter Smith has pr just proved that one player can make a huge difference in a lineup. Carter uh, was out with an injury, uh, and he, his first game back was in the Purdue Northwest series. He hit uh, 368, seven hits, 19 at bats, four runs scored. 
but more importantly, solidified center field. Some Lakers, you know, they were playing out of position. Nate Logan was playing center field. Anthony Coco has moved to left field. And they were kind of playing out of position. Carter Smith comes back, plays center field, and he was outstanding all weekend and did, did a great job. In fact, he made some amazing catches yesterday and, or uh, on Tuesday against uh, Spring Arbor. The wind was howling, hurricane-like winds, and he ran down a couple balls. And it's amazing what that player does in center field. You can go back to the home opener against Tiffin, and there were some balls that probably should have been caught. But, again, players playing out of position. Carter Smith comes in, fills that role. He's a, really done a great job defensively and uh, really solidified the, uh, the outfield play. Anthony Coco's done a great job in left field, and then you have Nate Logan in right field. But uh, Ryan Blake Jones, who was the offensive or the player of the week uh, against Purdue Northwest. He was 7 for 16, hit 438, had a home run, three doubles, and, and uh, eight RBIs. And Christian Faust has done an outstanding job at third base. You know, he, he's basically been a shortstop second baseman. With an injury, Christian has moved to third base and really solidified third base for the Lakers. Parker Murdy has done an outstanding job at shortstop. Kate Stanton has stepped in and done a really good job at second base. You weren't really sure where he was going to fit in. And then you have uh, Ryan Blake... Jones at first base, uh, and the pitching staff really turned it around. Uh, Nick, Nick Rutkowski was the pitcher of the week. He threw a complete game, four-hitter, gave up one run, uh, and just really solidified, you know, picked up that opening game victory, nine innings, went went the distance, which is great. Obviously, you want to do that to start a series. And then uh, uh, Mark Scano and Nick Shaw uh, really picked up the uh, pace for the Lakers, and Michael Barno picked up a save, and he went uh, gave up no runs in three innings of work. So it was an outstanding weekend for the Lakers to go 4-0 in league play and to start things off on the right foot. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the return that helps in center field, but also the way it, what it does to the lineup as well because Christian Faust was leading off. Mm -hmm. Now he moves to that second hole, and then once you go through the lineup once, Parker Murdy in that nine slot kind of becomes a third leadoff hitter. So now that 9-1-2 and two are all really great table right. setters for that heart of the order that was so productive. Yeah, and, and Ryan Blake Jones did a great job of delivering. Uh, came with some big hits along with uh, uh, Joe Loudon, came up with some big hits. And, you know, through the lineup, the Lakers hit on the weekend hit 331, the opponents hit 153. 30 runs scored in a four-game series, outstanding 45 hits, 11 doubles, uh, and a couple home runs. So you really kind of see the Lakers taking form here. Yeah, great to see the Lakers get off to such a great start to GLIAC play. In first place in the conference here one weekend in. Women's soccer, meanwhile, also made the trip over to Indiana. They dominated couple of road games. They beat Parkside 4 to nothing on Friday, then turned around and beat Purdue Northwest 12 to nothing behind Ava Cook's five goals and three assists over the weekend. Sydney O'Donnell won Defensive Player of the Week. She also had a couple of goals from her outside back position as well as Grand Valley held the combined Pride and Rangers to one shot and one shot on goal. I think the total was 77 to 1 in the shot count over the weekend, the aggregate goals of 16 to nothing. So Grand Valley bouncing back from that 2-2 draw with Michigan Tech last week. Uh, you could say with a vengeance yeah. a little bit as they came out and really put the uh, pedal to the metal. That was good to see for them to get back to their dominating winning ways. So women's soccer goes on the road and gets the win. Back here in the field house, the volleyball team wrapped up their home portion of the uh, GLIAC spring season, and they split with Michigan Tech. Really good to see them bounce back after a tough Friday night swept loss to the Huskies. The way they were able to turn around, Abby Graham, who took the libero jersey off, went to outside and roped up 23 kills from the outside for them. She was named the GLIAC South Player of the Week for her efforts, and she was a big reason why they bounced back at the big five-set win over the Huskies. Good to see them pull that one out, get a split against the nationally ranked Huskies team. Yeah, and I think uh, Friday night was a little misleading in terms of the 3-0 sweep. Grand Valley State had the lead going into the 20s of each one of those mm -hmm. games, 
and then a veteran Michigan Tech squad scored the key points. It was kind of the situations. opposite of the Ashland games, yeah. where the Lakers won all six sets, but really right. all six were much closer than mm -hmm. you think, and there's a different variation of sweeps, and that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and I, I just think that Michigan Tech played those big points well, and then they got even with the Lakers, and the Lakers, you know, inexperienced and not having won those games before in a match kind of played its role. Saturday night, completely completely different outcome. Lakers played those big points you know, very well, and in that fifth game, uh, pulled out the victory 15-13. Yeah, and Michigan Tech has two really, really good outside right. hitters. The Lakers' strength is their blocking, not to say that Abby Graham and, and Allie Thompson aren't terrific on the outside as well, but the way they were able to use Sarah White in more of a blocking role, Jayla Wesley was really good, Jayliana Primus as well, coming together with some key blocks in that second match, I feel like. They got those defensive plays when they needed them the most, and also their passing was much, much better on Saturday, which helped them get in system and set up Abby Graham for some really good swings that led to some big kills. You know, statistically, Saturday, the stats really played out to be an even game, with the exception of blocking. The mm -hmm. Lakers dominated the blocking game and came up with those big points. And that was the difference in it as Grand Valley beats Michigan Tech in the second game with the split. The Lakers keep themselves right in contention atop the GLIAC. They've got one more week before the GLIAC tournament. And I need to make, make a, there's a name I need to mention. We're going to backtrack here. Baseball, Austin Brown, seven innings of uh, pitching as Purdue, North, Purdue Northwest in a nine-inning game. Forgot to mention him. He's done an outstanding job of solidifying that pitching staff. Yeah, the starters were really good. Yeah. I, I think when talking to Coach Detillion after that weekend, he was kind of excited for the Spring Arbor game because he felt like there were a lot of arms that he was excited right. to use in the Purdue Northwest series, mm -hmm. which this is a good problem to have, yeah. but couldn't get them in the game because his starters were so efficient and went so deep into yep. the games. So he had to use a lot of those guys that he planned on using during the weekend series against Purdue Northwest in the midweek game against Spring Arbor. But like you said, a really good problem to have with four starters putting up really impressive yeah. showings. Yeah. So that's your recap of baseball, volleyball. We move on. Tennis got a split over the weekend. They fell at Saginaw Valley, then turned around and beat Northwood. Meanwhile, the men beat Northwood in their lone match of the week. Men's golf finished second at the Finley Invite. And how about that? After a really rough first weekend for men's golf, they win an event and finish second, doing almost exactly what Gary Bissell said they had to do to put themselves back in contention to play in postseason this year. And that really solidified their their. Uh, berth into the NCAA tournament by beating some ranked teams in the head-to-head -head competition uh, with one more regionally uh, regional-based uh, event coming up. The Lakers, with that first and second place finish, uh, really solidified their spot. Drew, Drew Coble and Nick Kruger both finished tied for second with a 54-hole, uh, uh, that's tough to say, 54-hole a score of uh, minus 5 to 11. So great job by the Lakers. Uh, really, from top to bottom, um, when you consider Charles DeLong is, is your number one, and he was really the fourth score the Lakers kept for the weekend. It's an outstanding, outstanding uh problem to have there. Well, that's what's so exciting about that golf team, too. You know, they had that number one recruiting class in the nation, and they're mm -hmm. all still freshmen. So you just figure, and they've gotten some experience over the last couple of years, and really any of them can step up and right. have a big day mm -hmm. when you need a good one on an outing. And, you know, for a team sport like that that's still so individualized, it's nice to know that you can have, if one of your guys doesn't quite have it that day, that you've got four others that you really feel like can pull it out of the bag if you need it right. and get you those scores that you need. And that's exactly what we saw this week after DeLong carried them two weeks ago to that win. This time it was the other players coming up and getting them that second-place finish. So that's men's golf. Outdoor track and field also had a spectacular weekend. They had three of the four GLIAC Athlete of the Weeks come their way. They participated in the Raleigh Relays, where the women's distance team was dominant. 
Taryn Chapko, who had a nice indoor season, also having a nice start to her collegiate career on the outdoor. She had two provisional marks in the 800 meter and the 1500. Claudia O'Malley continues to impress as well as she did well in the 1500. Jessica Gockley continues to do really, really well in everything she runs. This time it was the 10,000 meter for GVSU, where she had the third best time in school history. 34, 35, 29. On the men's side, Dennis Mbuda, who just came off a national championship. We talked to him a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, and he had another really great run. GVSU's second best 1,500 time. John Groendyke continues to do really, really well. Isaac Harding and Tanner Chata, that one-two punch the Lakers have in their distance times, doing it again, this time in the 10,000 on the outdoor as uh, they took second and third best times in school history in that race. Lakers also participated in the Trojan Challenge, where another athlete we just talked to, Nicole Srinan, captured the 200-meter title. She had a provisional mark in that as well. Elizabeth McCad also had a nice time with a second-place finish, and um, Alexander Porter took third in the men's 400. So, And then on the field side, Justin Scavarda, who we know is going to be participating come May in Allendale. He had a great start to get his provisionals out there as uh, he got a provisional in the shot put and the discus throw, and that led a, a really good distance team. Brad Warman, Tommy Seawalk, both doing well in the shot put as well. And then Ilya Saiba, uh, the crown and the high jump. Ryan Mount took second. And on the women's side, Anna Obi with a nice triple jump. Angelica Floyd also did well with her jumping as the Lakers did nicely down or out in the Trojan Challenge. Then one more event they participated in, the Hurricane Invitational. Ellie Kimes in the pole vault, punched her ticket to the national mm-hmm. championship, saved yeah. the best for last as she had the automatic qualifier for that, the second place in the country, and the uh, second best provisional mark in program history. So another really good week for the Lakers in track and field. And the rankings came out, and it was really kind of crazy. The women are ranked second in the country. The men are ranked number one in the country. So you know, kind of a reverse of the uh, – uh, indoor track field championships. It's so funny to watch those all year, though, because I feel like depending on who participated yep. and how many points they earn, I feel like those two flip-flop. They're always one, two, or three, the Lakers are on both sides, depending on you know what other schools participated to get a big week and which ones didn't. So the Lakers will be right in the thick of those team uh, runs all throughout the year. All that matters, though, is what happens in Allendale in May when the Lakers look for a national championship on their home track. So there's your look at what happened. Our weekly recap, once again, brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Here for you now more than ever. Confidence comes with every card. I tease my great moment of the week. The Randy Katterberg Agency brings that to you. The Hannah Hollister bunt single, stole second, and then advanced third and home without a ball, leaving the infield in the go-ahead run against Ferris State. That, to me, just so impressive. I, I Obviously, the long ball is fun, but it's also really fun to me when teams can manufacture runs like that, and seeing that from a freshman at that was really, really cool. So that's my great moment. And then your great moment also on the diamond. Yeah, I kind of uh, teased mine as well when I was talking about Nick Rutkowski. Um, the outstanding performance to open the series, that all-important first game. You want to get off on a good foot, 7-1 victory for the Lakers. Uh, Nick went the distance to really save their bullpen when you're looking at that four-game series where you're playing you're playing a, a 9 on Friday, a 7 and a 9 on Saturday, and another 9 on Sunday. So you really want to save that bullpen if you can, and Nick Rakowski allowed the Lakers to do that. Complete game, four-hit, one-run um, performance. The Lakers striking out five, walking one. Opponents hit 138 in that contest. So great job by Nick to pick up that victory uh, over Purdue Northwest. As we said, it's going to be tough to pick a uh, performance of the week this week considering the Coors Light stat of the week was 11 different Lakers earned GLIAC weekly honors, so a lot of really big performances that were impressive, but we try to spread the love the best we can. All right, let's do some reads here before we preview what's coming up this week. The Anchor Up podcast is also brought to you in part by NovaCare. Discover the power of physical therapy with the official physical therapy provider of GVSU Athletics. It's also brought to you by PNC Bank, the official bank of GVSU Athletics, PNC Bank for the Achiever 
Anchor in You. The Anchor Up podcast brought to you in part by Earhart Construction right from the start. By Homewood Suites Grand Rapids, enjoy all the comforts of home at the only extended stay hotel in downtown Grand Rapids. Also brought to you by Uccellos, where great food and sports come together by DTE Energy. Know your own power by Mervine Beverage, reminding you to drink responsibly, and also in part by Fox Motors. And, you know, Tim, here we are. We're recording this on Wednesday, probably a little groggy for a number of reasons. But I'll tell you what, man, I, I appreciate our sports happening in the middle of the day because trying to watch these NCAA tournament oh. games in the middle of the night, t- games tipping off at 10 o'clock at night, I am dragging yeah, from these last two days of staying up until 1 a.m. watching college basketball. Well, it's been a lot of fun to watch these games, both on the men's and women's sides. The women have really put up some outstanding performances. I thought the UConn-Baylor game was outstanding. That was the best game of the Elite yeah, Eight. I, Men's I or women's I doesn't agree. matter. That was the best game of the Elite um, Eight. How those two teams wound oh. up in the same region is beyond me. Yeah, you can look at the uh, seeding, which Baylor lost some games due to COVID. You know, Baylor was supposed to play UConn in January. That got called because of COVID reasons. Uh, so if you look at the seeding, it really makes no sense because Baylor should not have been that low. Even if you go UConn's a one and Baylor's a two, you're saying UConn, who was the number two seed in the NCAA tournament, uh, well, un- Number two of the one seeds, per right. se. You're saying Baylor's number seven? Right. Well, that's crazy. I mean, Baylor should have been a a number your number five team. Correct. They probably should want to be in NC State's yes. bracket. Right, as exactly. To and, and so you always wonder about, okay, what goes into that? And how are you making that determination? Use use the eye test one time. Right. You know, I mean, that's – Well, that game know, and that could have been a national championship. Absolutely. It was unbelievable, it could have been. that game was. And, you know, obviously Paige Buchholz has been oh, she's unbelievable. Been, yeah. But, you know, it was also a shame to see Baylor's best defensive player get hurt, hurt down no the stretch question. there. And then it was right in that moment when Paige kind of took that game over. And it, it just – Baylor just didn't have the same pop. They hung around tough, give them a lot of yeah. credit. But, you know, losing the, the Big 12 defensive player of the year certainly hurts. Yeah, and, you know, that Big 12 defensive player of the year – she was injured earlier in the year and had to be hospitalized, and it had to, had something to do with her back. She fell hard on the on the floor in, mm. in a game. Their ESPN did a special on that, and she was ba- she had to teach herself how to walk during the season again. It was really a crazy injury. It affected her uh, central nervous system, and so during the year she basically cu- taught herself how to walk again and came back to play from that. So an outstanding outstanding job by Baylor, and I I really like. Kim Mulkey, she's a bulldog in the sidelines. You know, she won a a national championship as a player at Louisiana Tech back in the day, and she is just a bulldog in the sidelines. And and some people don't like Geno. I like Geno because, I mean, he he wins at a high level, and he holds his kids accountable. They do the right things, and and he doesn't pull any punches when he's talking about his team. He expects them to play a certain way. They play that way, and it's great having – it's nice having great players. Those two in my book are probably two and three in terms of women's basketball division one personalities. I got to go Dawn Staley. She's my oh, girl. Oh, yeah. She, yeah, Dawn. Yep. Well, I, I South, just love yeah, how South Carolina. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I yeah. was playing a little homer card there. You no, know, she but, played at Virginia. She's an outstanding player. Led Virginia to a national championship her junior or senior year. Well, she was also the coach at Temple for mm-hmm. a long time. You yeah. know I'm from the Philadelphia yeah. area, so I got to know yeah. of, of her quite a bit. From her time coaching at Temple, she was also coaching the USA team, and so she had a lot played of played for the USA she, team. She had as well. a ton of publicity yeah. in the city of Philadelphia, as mm-hmm. you could imagine. And then I was down at the University of South Carolina. Sure enough, she gets that job and immediately takes that program to national yeah. prowess. So I've been on the Dawn Staley train for a very long time, and I think she's one of the smartest basketball minds and just so thoughtful when she speaks and mm-hmm. cares about the right things and goes about stuff the right way. So it's cool to watch her have all that success, especially for a team that I was going to root for anyway. But she makes it even easier. So the uh, the Women's Final Four should be really, really entertaining. The men's as well. I mean, Mick Cronin 
give him a ton of credit. Going first four to final four is such an incredible run. Obviously, Michigan State fans will know that, hey, they took him to overtime, had him on the ropes, probably should have beaten him. But, I know. Isn't but, that crazy? hey, that's the way basketball works, man. It's funny how sometimes you just get that one win. You get Just like Oregon State, they needed to win the Pac-12 tournament just get to get in. into the NCAA tournament, and they make an incredible run all the way down to the uh, the Elite Eight. So you never know what can happen. That's why they say just get in. You, yeah. know, you, you ask any team, they'd rather be the – the final team in the big dance then be the number one seed in the NIT just because give me a chance and you never know what can happen. And you see, you've well, seen it this year. UCLA could uh, coin themselves champions of the state of Michigan. They took out both Michigan schools. Yeah, that's, uh, so, that's uh, a good UCLA, point. So uh, UCLA, you know, and what a crazy run. You're exactly right. Michigan State had a double-digit lead on that team led by three uh, shooting free throws, missed a free throw. UCLA has to – is still down three – makes the first free throw, misses the second free throw, gets the rebound, scores to send that game into overtime where they eventually beat Michigan State. And then, I, you know, I didn't, you know, they just they just kind of mucked it up against Michigan. I mean, they really did a great job de- defensively. Nick will tell you that he made a, you know, there was a press conference earlier this year talking about how UCLA has to play basketball right now in order to win games. Be humble, play defense, do the things that make you uncomfortable and uh, that's exactly what they did uh, against Michigan. Not to mention UCLA missing their best player for the, basically the entire season, having to rework right. the way they did some things. And I thought they had a really good game plan against Michigan as well, mm-hmm. using those big guys off the bench that really don't get a lot of tick in normal situations. When you're playing a team that has the size like Michigan does, you're willing to basically just take some guys in and, hey, hey, you're a foul grabber. You're in there just to be a body. And those guys actually stepped up and had really nice games. So, yep, you're right. It was an ugly game. With that and, being said, Gonzaga – Man, they, they looked impressive. Holy smokes, they look good. Well, I, and I think this is one of those situations where everyone wants Gonzaga to be beatable. So every time you, you look at a matchup, you look at USC, because the whole conversation all day was, well, USC, they're they playing the so well. They got They've the got, the, they got the yeah. athletes. I don't know if little old mid-major Gonzaga can hang with them. Boom, oh. beat them by 30. It, no problem whatsoever from the opening tip. And I, I think the uh, Charles Barkley said it probably 100 times during the broadcast sitting in that. Did, did you want yeah, to watch that? Yeah, what was he it. doing in that lounger chair? That was, <laughs> that was uncomfortable. I don't know. But he, he was sitting there saying, I'm, not, I'm done talking about Gonzaga's offense because their defense is so good. Anyone that's watched Gonzaga once this year knows how good that defense is. But, of course, you know, it takes the big stage for them to finally get some respect. But that's also part of being a mid-major. A little note of interest there, Jalen Suggs and Paige Beckers Went, you know, are really good friends. They're both from Minneapolis. Uh, Jalen Suggs went to Minnehaha, uh, mm-hmm. a, a high school in, in Minneapolis, and Paige Beckers. I'm not sure of her high school name, but those two speak like daily. And, and still, because they are such good friends from their high school days back in Minneapolis. So we can count them as Big Ten players, basically, and they're from Big yeah, Ten country. From, yeah, yeah. Paige, Paige goes to UConn. Jalen, who's the top-rated recruit ever that Mark Few at Gonzaga has uh, pulled in. You know, and obviously it's working out for them, undefeated season, and they're doing a really nice job building that program out in Spokane. But, you know, it makes a lot of sense why Paige would jump ship to go to UConn. Yeah. I think for a guy like Jalen Suggs, maybe he well, probably had some bigger offers in the names that he could have tested the waters of, too. Coming out of high school, though, he was a top-rated quarterback yeah. in, the, in the country. He was the Minnesota Gatorade Player of the Year as a quarterback. Uh, had a talk with his father because he, he re- really kind of was thinking he was going to lean towards football. Talked with his father, decided on basketball. Mark Few had been on him the entire time, where I'm not sure everybody was because they kind Just of thought assumed he was going to go the football play, route. Play football. Mark View stayed the course, continued recruiting him. He decided to play basketball, built that relationship with Jalen, 
and uh, he ends up getting them. And it goes the opposite of Kyler Murray, but, hey, you know, yeah. hopefully it works out for him the same right. way because Kyler's getting paid financially. It, yep. it, it pays to be a quarterback, but uh, I think basketball is a little different than baseball as well in terms of the he immediate was, recovery of your finances if you do everything the right way. He was so good uh, in that uh, Elite Eight game. Holy smokes. Just took care of the ball, handled all the U- USC pressure. I think he had 15 – They had three players in double points. figures – by midway yeah. through the second, 18 second points, half. 18 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. I almost had a triple-double. Yeah, it was a really impressive performance all the way around by Gonzaga. So uh, it'll be a fun Final Four. We'll talk about that a little bit next week as uh, that gets settled down, and we'll see who cuts you know, down the nets. No we, team east of the Mississippi participating, so we'll see how that impacts the ratings and all that. But We just showed our versatility. We just like spent five minutes talking about sports in general. Nothing attached to Grand see, what Valley people, State. See, what people don't understand is this is our conversation in the office every I day. I know. Yeah, it is. You know, of course, we're talking about GVSU athletics and we're covering GVSU athletics. We're invested in GVSU athletics. But half the time when you're screaming over your partition, it's not about GVSU athletics. It's about something else and something random and and the sports world that we follow and we love. But we try to hone that. We know you're listening to the Anchor Up podcast, so we don't want to get too far off track. But just a little bit of sports talk with Jake and Tim there. Thanks for bearing with us while we do that. All right, let's take a look at what's coming up for the Lakers this week. The upcoming schedule brought to you by Ziegler Automotive. Volleyball wraps up their regular season. They're at Purdue Northwest. And then the following week, the GLIAC tournament will take place at Saginaw Valley State. Purdue Northwest winless this year. Assuming the Lakers take care of business, they should be one of the top four seeds in the GLIAC tournament. All 12 teams qualify. The top four get a bypass that first round, similar to uh, basketball. This is a double elimination bracket, though. So every team will get at least two games, but you have to win every game to win a championship, if that makes sense. So you can, if you lose, you'll go to a loser's bracket where you'll still get a chance to play, right. but nobody from that loser's bracket can jump back up right. into the championships. Exactly. You won't have that situation like in the Big Ten baseball tournament a few years ago where Ohio State and Iowa got together, and even though Iowa hadn't lost, Ohio State had. Ohio State beat them once, and they win the Big Ten title. Well, that affected Grand Valley State Laker baseball in two. 2004 at the World Series, Lakers were undefeated oh, in the yeah. championship game, playing Delta State, who had lost earlier. Delta State came back through as a one-game winner-take-all championship. Lakers fall 11-7 to Delta State. They can, they claim the national championship. So we don't have to worry about any of that. The no. Lakers can try to take care of business next week, but first got to go to Purdue Northwest to sure up that first-round bye if they can win those two games. They pretty much have that locked up as long as they beat Purdue Northwest twice this week. Softball has Saginaw Valley State on Saturday, and then Ashland was supposed to come here Friday. That got moved to the following Monday, so that is a two home doubleheaders for softball. They've been home basically the entire first portion yeah, of their GLIAC schedule. It's a really weird way the way it shakes out. The only team they visit the first round through is Northwood, and that's the only games they get at home. Basically, right. once they're done this little stretch here, they're not home again until almost May. Right. It's, it's, it's really weird how that took place. If you look at the schedule, they got a large chunk of games at home, a large chunk of games away. So and so if you want to watch Glee, or GVSU softball, which I highly recommend, by the way, it's been a lot of fun to watch that team play. This weekend is one of your final few chances to watch them play here before we get really late into the season. So make sure you're coming out. Weather's supposed to be beautiful this weekend, so a good opportunity. I think it's supposed to be in the 70s on Monday and the 60s on Saturday. So definitely, if you're in the area, highly recommend you come on out to the uh, GVSU softball field. I'll be doing PA, so I'll be able to take care of you. can listen to this voice all afternoon if you'd like. I don't recommend that part, but... It's just, uh, just a fact. We're just stating facts. Baseball, meanwhile, goes on the road there at Northwood for a pair of doubleheaders. That was an also a, a series that got kind of reshifted from the 
9-7-9-7 format to two double headers, but baseball goes to play a really good Northwood team. That'll be a nice test for mm-hmm. baseball who's sure run five straight games and see if they can uh, you know, keep that going against a really talented Northwood team. Women's lacrosse is in action tonight at 7 p.m. If you're listening here on Thursday, they're taking on Concordia St. Paul. They'll also play the Golden Bears again on Saturday at 11 a.m. Both of those games you can come. In-person attendance is allowed with masks and social distancing, but you can also watch them on the Grand Valley Sports Network. Outdoor track and field is down at Azusa Pacific and Western Kentucky this weekend. Tim, you, you, uh, you held up a finger at me. Uh, get your tickets ahead of time for women's lacrosse. Uh, they would pr- prefer that you get those ahead of time versus – purchasing them as you get to the uh, site. Okay, there you go. So make sure you get those tickets early. Softball is not ticketed, so you can just come on out. But we do remind you again to stay socially distant from everybody around you and also wear your mask and all that good stuff. Women's Golf also participated in the NC2K Classic this week. See if they can keep going after their first place finished the Finley Invite a couple of weeks ago and try to follow that same path the men did to give themselves a really good stranglehold on qualifying for the postseason. Anything we missed, Tim? I don't think so. I think it was a great job. All right. Well, that's our show. We've got to get kicked out of our studio because two uh, lacrosse players are coming to do some headshots. We do it all here at the Anchor Up Podcast. We appreciate you joining us. The Anchor Up Podcast brought to you by Metro Health. Enjoy another busy week of Laker athletics. We'll talk to you again next week, everybody. Until then, as always, Anchor Up. (laughs)